Hey, friends, we're in interesting territory here. Ten players will have their waivers expire on Thursday. So we're going to power rank how all ten of those players would be fits for the Twins. This is a Locked On Twins short. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Warren with Locked On Twins, and we're going to chat with you a little bit about the players who are going to clear waivers on Thursday. Ten of them that we have here power ranked, and they're obviously going to be at various different fits for your Minnesota Twins. And before we get started, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when the sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've been the first, we built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So right now you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at LinkedIn.com slash locked in. This is LinkedIn.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on and get started. Well, I tell you, uh, between LinkedIn and Locked On, I think I jumbled up my words there. But that is not what we are here to talk about right now. The Twins are in a unique position. The, well, largely the Angels are to blame, but a huge swath of Angels players who are impending free agents were placed on waivers earlier in the week. That waiver term will come full circle on Thursday. And what's important here is that as long as a player is in a team's organization with, before September 1st, they're eligible to play in the postseason. So now it used to be you could make waiver trades up until this point of, point of the year, um, but I believe 2019 that changed. So now it's going to be 10 players assigned to whoever claims them in waiver order, which is based on uh, reverse um, record. So according to MLB Trade Rumors, this article just came out recently, the waiver priority in order, let's see, take a second, so we'll just do it fast. Oakland, Kansas City, Colorado, Chicago, St. Louis, Detroit, Pittsburgh, the Mets, the Nationals, the Padres, the Angels, the Guardians, the Yankees, the Marlins, Reds, the Twins are number 16, Red Sox, Diamondbacks, Giants, Cubs, Blue Jays, Brewers, Phillies, Rangers, Astros, Mariners, Rays, Orioles, Dodgers, and Braves. So, Twins and Boston have priority over Arizona for players waived by AL teams and Arizona over those teams if they are an NL team that they were waived by. Now, when we look at this list, um, it's, it's AL heavy. You do have Carlos Carrasco from the NL side. 
I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not missing here, but I believe that's it. So it's not going to really affect the Twins because number 10 on our list, the NL player, is probably not going to be claimed. But again, this is a this is a unique situation because um, you have to be careful with this many guys. Like if you're a team in the postseason race, but you have some holes, you know, you can't claim, for instance, all three outfielders and hope that you don't, you only get one um, because you could end up with all three. 40-man spots right now are at a premium, especially with contending teams. I mean, 40-man crunch is real. Um, but so I'm going to be curious because, like, no team's going to end up with six of these guys. Now, ideally, if you were in need of six of those guys, you'd be able to, you know, shop the clearance aisle here. But um, there, there is significant talent available here, and that's not including guys who were released like Josh Donaldson and um, Trey Mancini, who uh, Mancini, I think, might have been a fit for the Twins earlier in the year if they still needed help at first base. And technically they do, but Alex Kirloff is on a rehab. Um, so... We'll see what happens there, but I just don't think, and Josh Donaldson's probably going to go unsigned and he might just be done. But um, yeah, I think Mancini would have been a better fit earlier in the season, but the Reds released him. I, I hope he lands somewhere because, you know, we still want to root for him. Uh, also, two Noah Syndergaard DFA'd by the Guardians. I don't really think the Twins will be in that mix. Jerkson Profar released by the Rockies. Also, don't think he'll be much of a factor, but certainly helps that he plays all over the place. Now, um, we're just going to dive right into it. we got 10 guys here. And so number 10, Carlos Carrasco. Now, Carrasco is a great story. He's, he's a great pitcher who came up as a starter, struggled, relieved for a while, then went back to the rotation. Um, actually, didn't relieve that long. But uh, anyway, the Guardians – Really had a nice run with him. Things down the stretch um, were different just because he got sick. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't been very good for the the Mets, which, again, it's the Mets. But um, he was good last year, 397 ERA strikeout per inning. Um, but this year he's just he's been absolutely obliterated. 680 ERA backed by a, a FIP that's 587. So you could say he's unlucky, but he's still just not good. Um, opposing batters have a 912 OPS against Carrasco, and in the last 28 days, a 1056. So Carrasco would be my bottom fit. I just don't see it. That is again number 10. Number nine, Jose Cisnero, a reliever from the Tigers. Now, I was surprised to see that Cisnero was 34 years old. I just I wasn't aware. Um, has not been particularly good. This year, and the biggest issue is that he's been absolutely dreadful in the second half. Now, his numbers in the first half were fine, maybe even good, um, but he's just completely disintegrated in the second half. Yeah, in the first half, 344 ERA, 9.5 strikeouts per nine, but a 135 whip. So, not really a guy you would have wanted to have in big spots, but a decent enough line mover at the beginning of a bullpen say, in the Dylan Floro role. But in the second half, he has a 9.82 ERA. The strikeouts have spiked to 12.3 per nine, but he has a 1.84 whip. So really, no fit here unless it's like they really just want to 
fortify the front end of the bullpen with a hard thrower. And even then, I mean, what's he going to give you that honestly, Josh Winder, Cole Sands, whoever won't. So I don't really see it with Jose Cisnero, but he is number nine on my list. Number eight, Dominic Leone. And um, Leone has not been good, just not good at all. He's with the Angels now. He was with the Mets earlier in the year. Uh, trade deadline acquisition, 464 ERA. He is striking out a batter per nine, but the FIP is 542 with a 141 whip. So basically, um, he hasn't been good since 2021. He had a pretty good year with the Giants that season. He was pretty good with Toronto in 2017, but with the Angels, has a 525 ERA in, in 12 innings um, and way too many walks nine walks, uh, eight unintentional in 12 innings. So you know, we're not going to necessarily hold a small sample size like that against him. But his time with the Mets was only slightly better. 440 ERA, 526 FIP. Um, still incredibly high whip at 1-2. One, uh, one, well, not incredibly high. 1-2-4. Incredibly high home run rate. 2.1 per nine. Um, just not a fit here either, I don't think. But that's why he's number eight on the list. Number seven. Chicago White Sox starting pitcher Mike Clevenger, who's, um, I mean, he's pitched well enough. I'm just not interested because I don't think he's a, a fit in the clubhouse. And um, he's got a 3-3-2 ERA, but FIP of 4-3-4. Not really striking anybody out. Um, 7, 7.8 per nine, 3.5 walks per nine. To me, that's not a needle mover. And there, there's really no reason for the Twins to grab another back-end starter. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they want to, send Kenta to the bullpen and open up a spot and they don't trust Dallas Keuchel, whatever. I, I still, although I'm, I'm out on Clevenger, he's number seven, number six, Hunter Renfro on the angels. Uh, basically the outfield version of CJ Crone. So uh, 240, 300, 479 career slash line. He's 31 uh, previously hit lefties. But just not this year. Uh, 660 OPS against Southpaws. Um, and I don't think he has enough defensive value to make that up. Um, now, with that said, he's free, basically. Um, he does have a 12, it's a 12 or a $13 million salary. I don't have it handy, but I know it's double digit millions. So it'll be a little bit of money to take on, which not really a disqualifier at this point in the season because it's prorated. But I. I just don't think there's enough of a fit here to displace someone off the roster, especially when the Twins have three offensive players on rehab stints right now, Byron Buxton, Alex Kirloff, and Willie Castro. I think Castro is probably the closest to coming back, but they're going to be adding three hitters. So to me, it doesn't make sense to add a guy who doesn't really make that much of a difference. Randall Gritchuk is number five. Uh, he was having a really, really solid season with the Rockies. Again, it's the Rockies, so the offensive environment is not necessarily conducive to um, giving guys a lot of credit for what they've been producing. So when you look at Grichuk's slash line with the Rockies, it's it's not going to look as good as it might if it was in, say, San Diego. Uh, 308, 365, 496 slash and 64 games with the Rockies and has not really endowed himself well or endeared himself well to the Angels. Uh, 562 OPS hitting a buck 65. So obviously, you know, he's, he's hit, he had a 121 OPS plus uh, with the Rockies. So 
solid, very good, very, very good. Um, not an in- incredible amount of defensive value, but he smokes lefties. And as we all know, the Twins have had their issues with lefties this season. So I, again, that roster crunch makes things so tough, but it's also going to help that we're coming up on September and there is roster expansion. So with that said, though, I don't know, you know, I could see a position player being claimed, but if it is, I think it's going to be number four on my list. And that's Harrison Bader. The Yankees put on waivers and famously he found out by watching ESPN and said his first question was what the heck are waivers so not exactly the Yankees covering themselves in glory by explaining to Harrison Bader that he had been put on waivers um good center field defense very good center field defense twins may not need that as much with Byron Buxton playing center field on his rehab but it never hurts to have another capable hand in the outfield now where I really get excited about Bader uh, 640 OPS on the season. That's not what I'm excited about, but that hides that he has absolutely throttled lefties to a 1086 OPS this season. Now that's only 72 plate appearances because he's been injured, but he has four homers in 72 plate appearances against lefties and only three in 234 plate appearances against righties. So he could fill the Michael A. Taylor role. The problem is Michael A. Taylor's going to have to fill the Michael A. Taylor role once Byron Buxton comes back. And so, you know, what does that mean as far as a, the roster bunching up? I'm not sure. Again, Twins are going to welcome these guys back in September, so the rosters will be expanded. So it may not be that tricky to find room for him. But if that's the case, of the position players listed, Bader is, is my guy. I always take the guy who can play defense, and um, it's going to be a good fit on the roster in terms of hitting lefties too. So we are through four. Now we're down to the final three. Lucas Giolito is number three for me. And I know what you're saying. Twins don't need starting pitching. And technically, technically, that's true. However, opportunities to grab a guy like Lucas Giolito don't come around that often. Now you figure that he's more or less free. You got to pay a salary, but that's not a big deal. Um, and it would allow you to, you know, maybe move some things around to strengthen other parts of the bullpen, or ro- rotation, pitching staff, etc. Uh, if you if you get Giolito, put him in the rotation, move Kent into the bullpen, that could be, you know, one angle to take. Um, but I'm not sure. Now Giolito has been dreadful with the Angels, uh, six eight nine ERA, and he's earned every bit of it with almost three homers per nine. Um, too many walks. It's been, let's just call it like we see it. It's been an absolute debacle. And at the same time, um, you know, a guy this caliber, you're always just one tweak away. Uh, Giolito is the kind of guy I could see the Twins being interested in the offseason. So you could get a leg up there. But ultimately, I'm trying to pull up the the slash line that he's allowed with the angels. There it is. Uh, 258, 345, 563. So in 32 and two thirds innings, it's been extremely ugly for Giolito. However, he has a 14% swinging strike rate. So he's still missing some bats. Um, not getting grounders, which is not a disqualifier for this twins team. I don't know. I would definitely place a claim 
on Giolito, uh, I think Bader would probably be the one where I'm like, yes, for sure. Gritchuk is probably the first one where I'm really enthused about it. And then Renfro would be kind of like, okay, I can see it. Um, anybody below that really won't make any sense to me. But uh, Giolito, you can always use starting pitching, so I would definitely give him a look. Number two, Reynaldo Lopez. So, again, another angel. And so Raylo was sent over at the deadline from the White Sox. And what's astonishing is that the, the Angels sent back solid prospects. Um, you say solid prospects, it's it's the Angels, so their system's not that great. But, um, you know, some people were excited about Edgar Cuero, Cuero uh, behind the plate. Then you get Kai Bush besides. So, I mean, two prospects, a lefty starting pitcher who's a big strapping guy at 6'6". Um, you know, maybe there's something there. You know, obviously, uh, we should note Kai Bush has been just brutal, brutal this season with a 7.74 ERA between two levels of double A and a, a quick stint at rookie ball. Just absolutely horrible. So um, that's neither here nor there. No, Reynaldo Lopez, uh, again, back-end bullpen guy who throws a living crap out of the ball. Uh, too many walks. So he would not be working the back, back, back of games. But if you put him maybe behind Dylan Floro, but ahead of Caleb Thielbar, I would say that's a pretty great fit, really great fit. And if, you know, if the walks ebb or flow um, in a positive direction, you know, then you get into a spot where you could probably trust him later in games. With that said, um, you know, he's got a one, three, four whip this year. So it's, it's a dicey proposition, but for, again, basically free, I'm, I'm 100% on board with the twins claiming Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, and then finally, Matt Moore, lefty, absolutely filthy lefty from the Angels, um, making a little over $7.5 million this year. And if we're completely honest with ourselves, I, you know, I don't, to me, seven. Seven million, seven and a half million is, is quite a bit for a reliever, but he's been that good. Almost a two war by baseball reference, less than a base runner per inning. Um, 47 strikeouts against 10 unintentional walks and in 43 innings. And really just parlaying how good he was last year with the Rangers into another really nice run here with the Angels. And it certainly never hurts to have a reliever from the left side. Uh Solid stuff, certainly not. He's almost like he's got a little Scott Kazmir to him in the sense that his career started one way and is ending a different way, but um, not necessarily bad. The uh, the last few weeks have been tough for Moore. Um, he's given he's given up. Uh, he's pitched to a seven two zero ERA, so four earned in those last five innings in the last two weeks. So it's it's a small blip on the radar screen, but something to consider. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, last two weeks, a 981 OPS against last seven days, a 1214. So again, it's a tough stretch here, but for the season, he's allowed a 196 batting average and a 615 OPS. Lefties, however, have hit him well, 841 OPS, just a 538 against righties. So it would come down to, you know, if the Twins think a guy, a lefty who can get righties out is a big um, fit for them. I would say go for it, obviously. Uh, for whatever reason, Moore has only faced 43 lefties this year against 126 righties. I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, 
because I don't know. You'd think you'd want a big time lefty facing other teams' lefties, but it doesn't seem to be the case. If we look back though to Texas last year, he allowed a 537 OPS against righties and a 634 against lefties. So I'm not ready to say he can't handle lefties or that he wouldn't handle lefties in a small sample, just that it hasn't been good to this point. So let's recap. Um, Carlos Carrasco, 10, Jose Cisnero, 9, Dominic Leone, 8, Mike Clevenger, 7, Hunter Renfro, 6, Randall Grichuk, 5, Harrison Bader, 4, Lucas Giolito, 3, Ronaldo Lopez, 2, and Matt Moore, 1. That has been how I would power rank the fits for the Twins among waivers players. Check back later. We're going to have a full recap of the Guardian series, and who knows what else we have on tap. I know I've got a couple players, Matt Cantorino being one of them, that we're working on getting as a guest. But again, thank you so much for checking out this Locked on Twins short, and we'll catch you real soon.